you got your Bibles, um, we're going to go to uh, Romans, uh, Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And I promised I wouldn't be long, and I won't be. Um, I, I want to talk, uh, and this will probably go into next week as well, is I want to talk about the gospel of the kingdom. Um, and the reason I want to talk about this is because uh, I think, well, maybe it's just me personally. I think there's a bit of confusion about what the gospel is across the church uh, at the moment and, and what Jesus meant and what the early church meant when they talked about the gospel, um, which, by the way, is not the language they used back then because gospel is actually a roots in Anglo-Saxon language. It's not roots in Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic, the languages that, uh, that Jesus was familiar with in his time. Um, and so, but when I read, when I read Scripture, both right the way from Genesis through to Revelation, when you read Scripture, while the word gospel isn't, uh, is, is, is translated in our English in the New Testament primarily, the idea of the gospel is good news. And it is something that existed and is right the way through the story of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. It's not something that is solely a New Testament message. It's an Old Testament message as well that finds its culmination in the risen Christ. So the gospel is tied up and, and wrapped up in a bow uh, with glad wrap, Christmas wrapping, whatever wrapping you might like to put around it with a bow on top, it's wrapped up in the risen Jesus Christ. Um, that is the culmination of the good news. And what you read beyond that in terms of the New Testament is, is the early church wrestling with what does the good news of the risen Christ actually mean for us and how we live our lives today? And I think that's the same wrestle that we, we face today as followers of Jesus is what does the gospel mean and, and how does that impact the way we live our lives today? And so I want to talk about this because um, if you read in this passage, uh, so this is, this is the writer of Romans, which I believe was, uh, was Paul, and he writes this in Romans 1 verse 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So for me, I look at that passage and I go, well, okay, there's, there's two things that catch me in that first passage. One is that the gospel is the power of God. And the result of it is salvation for all people. Right? So if you go back into the, into the original language there, the, the idea of power was this idea of dunamis, which is in terms of an original Greek word, is the word we get dynamite from. So it's an explosive power. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's actually a destructive power when you think about it, but it's a power that cannot be contained is the idea of dunamis is it's this idea that there's such power in the gospel that it can explode the stuff that holds you imprisoned and, and, um, 
and in chains and limited as, as, as a created person that God has a purpose for, those things that limit you, that the world has placed around you, that you've placed around yourself, that your experiences have allowed to, um, to, to form part of who you are, God's power can explode those things so that you can live as He designed you to live. Which to me, I'm, I'm, I'm a Pentecostal. I wanna see the power of God. I wanna see lives transformed. I don't care about, and this is me as a pastor and a leader of a church, I don't care about numbers on seats and bums in a church building on a Sunday. I care about transformed lives. I wanna see people who once were, as we sung before, who were once imprisoned by uh, anxiety, worry, depression, um, sickness, illness, anything that's not of the kingdom. Anyone who's been empowered or imprisoned by that kind of stuff, by their story, I wanna see that person come to a point where they're able to declare that because of Jesus, that no longer has power over my life because I've discovered the dunamis power of God through the gospel. That's what I wanna see. I don't actually care about numbers because actually what happens when the power of God is moving in people's hearts, the gospel is being expressed. People will come to Christ. It's not my job to do that. Our job is to allow the gospel to impact our lives in such a way that we're transformed from glory to glory, Paul would encourage us to be. And when I read this passage, that's what I see. The first thing is that the gospel is linked to power. So if I want to see the power of God more, I've got to understand the gospel. Yeah? It's like a key that unlocks something. And the second thing that brings there is the word salvation to everyone. To everyone who believes. Salvation, it's, it's linked back to this Greek word that we've probably heard before. The root word for that is sozo which is this idea of saved, healed, delivered, and transformed. That, that the dunamis power of God must, because it says it will bring salvation to everyone, it must result in salvation, people getting saved, rescued from the situation they're in, healed from the things that hurt them, that limit them, that restrict them and delivered from those things that imprison them, that hold them. That's what we wanna see. For me, Jesus talked about the fact that He came to bring the gospel of the kingdom. In fact, Matthew, his primary message that Jesus taught, that he communicates, is that Jesus preached the gospel. He preached the good news of the kingdom. That was his message wherever he went, was this idea that the power, so Jesus' miracle-working power, the dunamis power that you see through all of the stories, where He healed people, where He set people free, all of those things were because He was absolutely committed to seeing the gospel expressed. And it released the power. And people got saved. Now, we've limited the salvation thing to someone saying yes to Jesus in altar call and praying a prayer. That's not what this is about. This is about life transformation. Sometimes the praying the prayer, and I'm not saying that's bad because it's part of it, but it's only a small part of it. Sometimes that bit 
comes really late in someone's journey of experiencing the dunamis power of God unto salvation, right? Because they've got a whole bunch of stuff. Like in another passage, Paul talks about the fact that the gospel, the good news can be blind, people's eyes can be blinded to it because they're imprisoned by certain things. Their eyes are covered by certain things that they've experienced. Maybe they've even been presented with a gospel that has not been good news to them. With a picture of Jesus that actually has been unhelpful and it's blinded them to the truth now. And somehow God wants to get around there with His power using our story of freedom, of transformation to get people that are blinded to the truth to open their eyes again to maybe God is better than I was originally presented with. Maybe He's more powerful. Maybe actually He can do something that I never believed He could do. And I wanna give Him an opportunity to do that. See, that to me is so important because we're about the gospel. Jesus in Mark 16 commands His disciples. Now, He says this to them, go into all the world, and preach the gospel to all creation. And a lot of you will have heard one of the saints uh, add to that and says, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. See, our instruction as followers of Jesus is to preach the gospel. The good news of the kingdom to all creation. Now, I love the fact that in that particular thing, it says all creation. I looked at that. So the world, world is cosmos. So that's, and all creation is everything that's been created. So I, when I read that, I was like, okay, so what does the gospel look like to the environment, to our physical earth? What does it look like to our trees, to our water, to our ocean? not just to the people that we interact with, but what does the gospel look like to all creation? Because God's plan for us is that the gospel of the kingdom invades every part of not just our lives, but everything that we interact with. What does that look like for you, for me? I'll go further and and say, if we go back to Romans, it it says, um, power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The word belief there is not a mental assent, not just a mental assent. It's actually an action word. So it is a verb. Belief. It's a verb. So it's something that you don't just mentally assent to and say, yeah, I believe that. Like it's not just that we believe that it's hot. But when you believe that it's hot, your dress changes you turn the fans on. If you've got aircon, you put them on. At our place, every window and every door is wide open because we don't just believe that it's hot with a mental ascent. We then act on it and go, actually, what can I do to act accordingly because it is hot, right? That's what this is about, that if the gospel is the power of God into salvation, then how then shall I live if I believe it? See, that becomes a question now about if I'm a gospel person, if I believe in the good news of the kingdom, then I've got to ask myself, how will that affect how I relate to my family, to my wife, to my kids? 
How does it mean I use my time? What does it mean for me as an employer or an employee to be someone who believes the gospel? How does that impact the way I live? How does it impact the way you interact with nature? See, in my opinion, if, if you're a gospel follower, then things about the environment are as important as things about relationship because you can't separate it. The gospel is for all creation, right? God created all of it and said it was good. He added us to it and said it was very good. But the whole thing counts. So if I'm a gospel follower, what does that mean with how I live my life? How I spend my money? How I'm a person who treats those people around me with respect, with whatever that might look like to be a gospel person. Because if the gospel, if we actually believe that what the writer of Hebrews, what Paul says here is, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of the good news, of the kingdom, of Jesus, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. If I actually believe that, then it should. I don't use the word should very often, but I'll say it today. It should impact the way you live in every single part of your life. Otherwise, and I'll put it bluntly, otherwise you don't actually believe it. you get me? If it doesn't impact and change every part of your life in some way, if you haven't taken the time to reflect on how does it impact all of those areas that I've just mentioned, and there's probably a thousand more. If you haven't taken the time to look at that and go, what does it mean for this? How do I need to change the way I think? How do the way I, the way I change, I act, I speak, all those things. If you don't take the time to do that, then you don't actually believe it. All you have is a mental framework that hasn't impacted anything about transformation, hasn't reflected the power of God at all. And what that equals is religion. Not a relationship, not an invitation to experience the goodness of God and all He has for me through the gospel. Let's pray. God, I thank you uh, for your presence with us. I thank you that it's so hot and that Lawrence has spoken relatively short. <clears throat> but God, more than that, I thank you that you have shown us through Jesus the good news. That Father, you are for us and not against us that you want us to be free in every area of our lives. You want us to experience the fullness of heaven on earth. You want us to be set free from everything that hinders, that holds, that limits us. And God, you want us to live through all of that, knowing that we're loved, 
that we have peace and that we can overcome anything that this world throws at us because you're with us. God, thank you for the power of God, for your power released in us. And Lord, we invite you to move with dunamis power in our hearts. Lord, if there are areas where we need an explosion of the gospel, Father, I pray that you would do that. Lord, if there's areas, there are areas in my heart that I need an explosion of the gospel, I pray that this year would be a year where I see breakthrough, where I see the power of God being expressed in areas within my heart that I need to change and transform. God, thank you that you are working all things together for good for those who are called according to your purpose and who love their lives not unto death, who are willing to give up and surrender to your presence and your purpose for our hearts. God, we just honor you this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for us and your love for us. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen.